me and my husband might both be even authoritative or authoritarian, whatever you want, you know, but we still have different styles. What did you mean by that? What did you mean by that? The different styles with it, meaning, because that wasn't really within these categories that we're talking about. Right, right. So even within a certain style, meaning my husband and I both agree with the authoritative model. Okay. We both, are, our values sure. align with that. We, we have the same perspective, but when it comes down to, you know, everyday moments, sometimes we might disagree about what is best for our children or how to navigate something. Okay, welcome back to another week of The Jews Next Door. For those of you who heard our special guest episode with Blimey Heller, you know that you are in store for an incredible, incredible episode again. And for those of you who didn't, I first of all, I would strongly recommend listening to that episode. It was really earth shattering. It really opened up my mind to so many different things of parenting that you have to listen to, number one. And number two, Blimey is amazing. And thank you so much, Vlimi, again, for taking the time. It was one of the leaders of our door in the parenting realm and for to taking the time to talk about the Jews next door, raising the Jews next door. So thank you so, so much. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you back. Thank you so much for having me with that introduction. Um, like <laughs> I just told you before, I don't remember what I said the first time. So if I repeat myself, I apologize in advance, but hopefully there will be new insights that I'm sharing here as well. I have zero doubt whatsoever. So first things first, you know, we're talking about parenting styles. So for those who don't know what parenting styles are or the different parenting styles, what would you say? You know, how can you, how can you lay that out for us? What are the different parenting styles? Yeah. So there was actually a, I believe she was a psychologist. I may be wrong. Maybe psychiatrist. Yeah. She was a doctor actually. Dr. Diana Baumrind. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Not sure. She was actually the one who coined these parenting styles. Um, that many of us are familiar with. She put it into four different categories. One was what she called authoritarian parenting. Another one was permissive. Um, another, or she called it something else, actually. I don't remember now. Um, another one was authoritative. And then mm -hmm. the other one was neglectful, I believe. And so she's the sure. one who uh, came up with these styles and then did studies to see which ones had the best outcomes Interesting. with children. Yes. So, Interesting. yeah. Okay. So those are really primarily when people talk about parenting styles, that's usually what we refer to as those styles. Got it. And based on your extensive experience, do you think that it's that black and white? Are there four? Or would you say that you've seen that there's, you know, there's maybe a fifth or more than that? Have yeah. you seen anything different? I love that question. Actually, there's two things here is that first of all, nobody is all of one. Meaning sometimes mm. some of us are permissive, sometimes we're authoritarian. And like every parent, I think uh, now, again, we all have maybe one style that we lean towards more often, but I think mm. every single one of us at some point inhabit one of those four styles. Sometimes, and sometimes, yeah. no, and sometimes, sometimes a mistake or because we're human and sometimes actually intentionally. You know, because we believe right now, actually, I should just let this go. And we are permissive, quote unquote. So it's interesting because I think that sometimes somebody might read like, oh, this is permissive parenting. And they'll think I do that sometimes. But it's really about the overall picture. You know what you're doing. Also, another point. Um, yeah. So most people just vacillate between the styles. Nobody's like all of, you know, only yeah, one. And then also, interestingly enough, when I came across her research, I, I was thinking like, I mean, the way that I talk about parenting doesn't really fit into any of these styles. The most, the, the one that it mostly fits into is authoritative, but still some mm -hmm. of it wasn't entirely, you know, what I talk about. And then I delve deeper into her research and most people don't know this. She actually found a fifth parenting style. 
which it was such a like a small number of parents that did this parenting style that she just like didn't know what to do with it and didn't put it into the huh. actual reason like you know if she did some, that's fascinating yeah, and she called that. them harm harmony parents or harmonious parents um hmm. because she said that what does that mean yeah she said that they they prioritize harmony so uh working together with their children have and she said they actually had really good outcomes as well which is really really fascinating you know she says because with the other styles with the other styles with authoritarian permissive it's all based on seen through the lens of control so every single one if you notice it's control versus support and support so with authoritarian parenting it's there's a high level of control a low level of support with permissive mm-hmm. parenting there's a high level of support a low level of control with authoritarian a high level of support and a high level of control and neglectful right, is right. both no support no control so right, um, right. yes now in harmonious parents she saw there wasn't really control the parents weren't really looking to control their children they were more looking to um work together with their children to have harmony in the relationship and that was their goal that was their idea and really that's for me i think i'm drawn to that way of parenting the most um of course i believe we need to have boundaries but i don't believe that control now again boundaries could sort of step into the area of control somewhat when we have children but i don't really like mm-hmm. to think of it in terms of control so that really sits much better with me got it wow okay there's a lot to unpack yeah. there. Oh my unpack a lot of the things you just said yeah so let's let's go and you said this more so in the beginning of what you just said you said that some people tend to lean towards maybe one what, what, where does that come from? Like, why would someone lean towards being an authoritarian versus an authorita- authoritative or whatever it is? Like, where, where would that come from? Yeah, I think it's a combination of with, I think with like a combination of two things that are everything we do in life, I think, come from these two places. So it's nature and nurture. I think that some mm-hmm. people, we naturally lean more towards being supportive and towards, and some of us lean more towards boundaries and control. And then also the way our parents raise us has a big impact. So even if a child, if a child, let's say was raised in a home where they really, there was authoritarian parenting, meaning there was a high level of control, low level of support. And the child really yearned for more support and hated that like high degree of control. They may flip. And be like, I don't want to do that with my children. And so they're going to become permissive. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And do the hmm. opposite. So it's really, and some people are, will be exactly the way their parents were. So it's really, uh, yeah, it's a combination of both. And really how it manifests in each person is so different, you know? Wow. That is fascinating. Really interesting. And also another thing you were just saying was that, you know, the, the harmonious concept where kind of like wanting to like work together with your children that sounds like a lot of parents nowadays where I feel like a lot of parents nowadays are really trying to, I don't know, I guess just like be friends with their children in certain ways, which, you know, it's just an interesting phenomenon. I'm, I'm curious, like, is that, would you say that that fits into that category or is that like, it's, it's its own thing or it's not really within that? Yeah. Like, okay. so Cause I know authoritarian, sorry, just to have sure. the caveat, I know authoritarian is, is like developing that strong relationship. So obviously there is that strong, but I feel like harmonious is like, a little less of just like the boundaries and like 
know where those boundaries maybe sometimes get blurred. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. So this is a really, really good question and something that is a very touchy topic for a lot of people, because especially nowadays, you'll hear a lot of older people saying like, nowadays people are friends with their children, like in a derogatory right. way, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yes. like, so which is, which kind of, when I hear that, I hear sort of like they, they, they believe that parents nowadays are permissive, meaning there's no boundaries. Mm-hmm. You just, there's like a high level support or maybe even more than permissive. It's that maybe you even want your children to like you. And so you're, you're not going to uh-huh. do what you need to do, upset your children, because sometimes you you will upset your children, even though that's not your motivation. It's not your motivation, but sometimes that's a byproduct of setting a boundary. And so you end up being, you know, so I think that's what they're saying when they say, oh, you're friends with your children. Now, I am of the belief that we absolutely should. I mean, I don't really like the word should, but we can be our children's friends. I love the idea. I mean, like, uh, and again, when I say, I actually, I think it goes this way. Our children, we should be our children's friends, meaning our children can feel like they can confide in us, that we understand them, that we know them and have a good time with us. And we can also be our children's friends, but the other way is with a little bit more boundaries, meaning I am not confiding in my children about my own struggles, right? Unless I believe that it will unless I believe it will uh, benefit them. Meaning if I should, you mm-hmm. know, I used to struggle with this and my child would be like, oh, you understand me or, uh, oh, you were able to get through that. So in that way I will, but not because I actually am leaning on them for support. So, but I think it's wonderful. I believe children, parents should be their children's friends. However, I don't believe that that negates being a parent. I believe we can be a friend and a parent. You know, this whole, I believe like so much of the way I was raised was very black and white. It was, it was either or, either or, either uh-huh. you're their friend or you're their parent. Either, why can't it be both? Uh-huh. So how, meaning how does that, how would they, how would it be both? Yeah. So that's really everything that I teach and it, it encompasses <laughs> so much. But just to give you a very, very brief Small example, if let's say my child um, wants to have, um, well, I always struggle with examples. Okay, let's say they want to ride their bike without a helmet, okay? Now, sure. so if I really prioritize being a friend, if I prioritize it maybe to the point that I'm like, okay, you know, a friend would say like, who cares? Ride it without the helmet, right? <laughs> maybe a friend would say mm-hmm. that, but <laughs> I'm their parent. And so it's my job to keep them safe. And so I won't sure. say, oh yeah, sure. Go ahead and ride it without the helmet. I'll say, mm, riding with a helmet is necessary. And so I can't let you ride the bike unless you wear the helmet. There, I'm setting the boundary. Now, where am I going back to being a friend though in that moment is that I'm really going to understand my child though and where they're coming from. And I'm going to try to work with them as much as possible. So I'll do two things. First of all, I'll offer empathy. Oh, I know it sucks to wear the helmet. You really hate it. You don't enjoy it. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. I get it. I really get it. So mm-hmm. I can hold the boundary and understand them at the same time, both. Right. But holding, you right. know, holding a boundary doesn't mean I have to say like, too bad. You're not wearing, you have to wear the helmet and walk mm-hmm. off. Right. That would be more like authoritative. Um, authoritarian probably is more authoritarian. Yeah. Okay. Authoritative really is very similar to harmonious parents. I just prefer the harmonious title. And for, like I said, because like the control, the, hers was very much about control and I don't really like that so much, but really authoritative uh-huh. is very, nowadays it's very interchangeable. People use that to describe the way With- that I advocate, the type of style that I advocate for. Which one? Authoritarian? Authoritative. Is- Authoritative is. Oh, I thought authoritative. Okay. Yeah. I thought authoritative was the one that was like intense, intense, intense. Oh, like I'm the boss and you don't have a say and that's it. Yeah. No, that's authoritarian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So that would be like, yeah, too bad, you know? And then also I can say like, 
you know, how can I help you? What can we do to make it easier for you? Like, is it that just this helmet is maybe there are other styles that are more comfortable. Maybe there's, you know, I'm really willing to um, help my child and work with them and also have a lot of empathy. So in that way, I'm their friend, you know, but I still their parent where I'm setting the boundaries and holding them when they're when necessary. Sure. 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 Got it. Okay. So that's uh that's meaning you have to be able to stay within being a parenting role, role model, but being able to still empathize and hear them in, 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 a, in a friendly way, in a way that a friend really cares. Deeply. Exactly. Exactly. Just like a friend cares and wants to work with you and he listens to you. Same thing. We don't have to choose one or the other. We can have, we can be that supportive friend, so to speak, you know, really parents. Um, and ideally really that's what a parent should be. But for some reason, you know, we associate parents <laughs> with just like the boss and being in control. Um, but absolutely sure. we want to provide those boundaries. For sure. For sure. So I'm curious, you know, we were, we spoke briefly, we like touched on this a little bit before about what influences our parenting style. So I'm, number one, just in general, what influences, but more specifically, what does anything in Judaism, like in our Vodas Hashem, like does that from the Torah, like from anything from there come and influence the way our parenting styles come out? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I wonder about this all the time. I have a friend who's a, a historian and I always ask her, like, can you tell me what was the parenting style like in the times of the base on Mikdash? Like, or what was it like in, you know, in the Roman oh, times? Like, because yeah, I really believe that. And maybe people won't like to hear this, but I really believe that it's influenced by the dominant culture more than anything mm -hmm. else. I don't believe because Judaism, see, this is the thing. Judaism speaks on halacha and mitzvot and what our obligations are, but it doesn't speak on like, you know, how to have a good marriage or what kind of marriage we should have, right? Of course, there are certain halachos within marriage and there's some sort of, um, you'll hear some inspiration and insight about like what kind of bond there should be, et cetera. But about the practical ways to get there or to do that. We don't have that. And it's the same with parenting. There's a lot of room to sort of be the kind of parent that you feel is best or that, right? right? right. Within the Jewish structure, within what we're told. So I don't think there's like a Jewish way of parenting. There are definitely things that are against Judaism, like Onas Tavarim, right, right, right. right? Like hurting another person's feelings, hurting someone with words is against the Torah and it applies to children too. Um, the, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that would be against the Torah. There's also, you know, like in, uh, is it in, I always forget, is it in Mishle? Where it says like, spare well, the, yeah, yeah, Pidarko. And then there's also like, right. spare the rod, hate the child, right? Choshech, Shifto, Sone, Beno, or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's all those things that sort of, it's like, what does that even mean? Is it literal? How do we interpret that? And we can take inspiration from that, but I don't, I really believe most of it is really inspired or maybe inspired is not a great word by the dominant culture around us. Like if you'll mm -hmm. notice a lot of the way that we were raised and parented, a lot of our generation, mine, I should, you know, I'm assuming you're more or less in the same category. Most of it was really influenced. So that's the word I'm inspired, influenced by behaviorism. And behaviorism uh -huh. was really like, you know, the science of the West, the West and what was very much like Pavlov and his dogs. And it's about the training of animals. Mm -hmm. And that really is what, and what influenced a lot of, of the way that our parents raised us. Cause that was what's, that's what was around, you know? Right. And the shift now is that there's, you know, there's a major shift now. 
So where is that coming also, from? That's not based on behaviorism. Right. And, and that's coming from attachment theory. So what happened is, right, so there's behaviorism. The science then moved towards attachment. A lot of different um, doctors and psychologists started, started, well, I think John Balbley, I don't know how to pronounce his name either, but I read all of these and I never hear them. So um, he's the one who came up with attachment theory. And I think that, and they started understanding neuroscience a lot more. So they started seeing like brain scans of children and how their brains develop. And this influenced a lot, a lot of the, um, the way that we parent as well, because people realize like, oh my goodness, children actually don't have impulse control. Why are we punishing them for that? And with attachment, they started understanding like children really need that bond with that parent and anything that undermines that is really not good for the relationship. And like, for example, we were given timeouts a lot, let's say like timeouts was the thing. It still is, unfortunately. Right, 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 right. But yeah. what attachment, uh, you know, researchers um, discovered uh, is that it's actually really terrible for the attachment with parent and child. And it really creates all these kinds of um, side effects that we don't want in our children. And so they realize like that's mm. actually not a great strategy. Let's let's skip that. It's a very much a behaviorist strategy, but it's not it doesn't. Um, yeah. It's neuroscience and attachment doesn't really see the benefit of anything. It's quite harmful. So yeah, right, so I believe right. that that's really what's influenced by it. Now I so have, yeah, I personally, um, Judaism always prioritized children and treating children well. Um, even, mm -hmm. I don't know, like in the olden days, I think there was a lot of, um, children were sacrificed sometimes, right? It was children were not really seen as like precious and important, but Judaism yeah, always, true. always had this, idea that like the children are our future and then like we teach the children correct, correct. and we yes so it was always a big big emphasis on treating our children well on making them a priority and I believe that that has never changed for us and um yeah so for me personally I believe like these ideas that I'm hearing are so much for me they feel very in line uh, in with Judaism right. you know because it really it. that's awesome yeah it really just prioritizes our children as people that's amazing I love it I love it I love it I love it okay so we we went through what the four of them are what are or if you want to say the fifth as well mm -hmm. the what would you say are the pros and cons of each of these different styles yeah so or if any would you say there are yeah well let's obviously there's probably so many but we'll speak about the most obvious so the authoritarian where there's a high level of control low level of support um it really ends up of course you can imagine there's the damages the relationship between parent and child so the child does not at all sure. feel cared for or understood by the parents they very they feel very alone um which could create can create um mental health issues down the line because their emotions are they're low left alone with their emotions a lot of the time um there's also a lot of um resentment that they feel there's also sometimes they rebel because they feel like they always have to submit a lot of them submit mm -hmm. and lose themselves so they end up um you know becoming adults who don't really know who they are or you know they're just rule followers who have no clue what they like or what they don't like or who they are what's important to them um but yeah, wow. all these kinds of, yeah, mutations. Um, oy, oy. Yeah, it doesn't sound wonderful, right? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I. Then with the permissive um, approach, which a lot of times children who are raised with an authoritarian approach, like I said, they might flip to treating their children in a permissive way because they remember how painful it was to have that level of control and not having that level of support. So they might, you know, have give them so much support, but not enough control or which, which I would interpret that as not enough boundaries. And so mm -hmm. those children, what they actually find is that sometimes they end up becoming a little bit, um, 
uh, like narcissistic in the way that they think the world revolves around them, you know, because they haven't had like somebody say like, actually, this is uncomfortable or I don't like this. It's always, they've just been given whatever and never told like, this is not okay. This is a problem. Um, also sometimes like reckless behavior as teenagers and things like that. Um, trouble taking sure. responsibility for themselves. Um, yeah. So things like that are usually on uh, that side. Um, and then with the neglectful, which is like low level support and low level of control, that's really, that's probably what we would consider like, uh, borderline, like abusive. I mean, it's, it's right. I mean, abuse and neglect goes together really. Um, we're, yeah, yeah, it's the child had wasn't given any, none of their needs were really met, you know, um, where if, where's, okay. If you think about authoritarian parenting, some of the children's needs are met in authoritarian parenting and some are not right. Their emotional right, needs right. are not met, but their physical needs are probably met and their needs of mm-hmm. like safety. And, you know, the parent is setting those boundaries. So those are being met in permissive parenting. Some needs are being met, like the ones for emotional connection and support are being met, but some are not being right. met, like the ones for safety mm-hmm. and for, you know, uh, whatever it is, the, the needs that needs that are met when parent sets a boundary. Now, with sure. neglectful parenting, no needs are met. Right. You don't got any. Yeah. It's like nothing is. So it's, you can imagine it's like children end up being really suffering um, in those circumstances. Yeah. In so many ways, everything that I mentioned for both of them can happen with these, but it's really like, they really struggle. Obviously there's always exceptions with every single style, Mm -hmm. like outcomes are not really in our hands. So it's more a predictor, like what do usually happens, but of course there's always exceptions. There are children who come from those environments that end up being amazing. So and then the authoritative, where it's a high level of support and a high level of control, which I would interpret as having boundaries, then the child's need, all of their needs are met. So you can imagine in that those usually the children are responsible. They're um, usually uh, cordial. Um, they understand how to navigate the world. They have a good relationship with their parents. Their emotional health is usually, um, you know, good. Um, they're doing well, etc. So now again, I say all their needs are met. Every parent is human. No parent can meet their child's needs hundred percent of the time, all the time. I mean, that wouldn't even be possible even if they tried. And so we're talking right. about all their needs are, needs are met in a more or less consistent way overall. Of course, with lapses, sure. we all sometimes don't meet our children's needs. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So how can a parent, I guess, self-identify and figure out which one am I? I mean, yeah. obviously in a way it's like, okay, do you fit into any of these categories? But is there a litmus test is, you know, what would you recommend for a parent to like kind of be more self-aware about these parenting styles? Yeah. So I think it would be as simple as this. There's two few questions to ask yourself. First of all, do you set boundaries when necessary? Now this is a little bit of a trick. Can you define boundaries just because for anyone who's yeah. not clear, like what you mean by yeah. boundaries? Because I, I know that your, your definition of boundaries is very, is, is not nuanced, but it, you know, like you have a, yeah. a specific idea on it. Right. So. Cause boundaries can become control. Boundaries is basically a, a line. Well, it's a limit uh, and a boundary is pretty similar. The boundaries, what I'll communicate, the limit is the actual limit. So it's when there are certain limits, because if you move beyond that, it's going to hurt yourself or another person. Like mm-hmm. if you don't wear a helmet, you may get hit, hurt, fall and hurt yourself. If you hit another person, they may get hurt. If you ha- right. don't go to sleep now, you will uh, become sick, whatever it is. Right. So if there is something, there will be somebody else's needs will be infringed upon. Somebody else will experience um, will have a negative impact on them or mm-hmm. it will be a negative impact on the child themselves. 
or on the environment, like if they're, you know, destroying everything around them, then I will set a boundary. Then a parent will set a boundary and be say, I cannot let you do this. Or, or you need to do this. Meaning like right now right, we need to go right. to sleep or you, right. You need to wear the helmet right now. So those, those are boundaries. Boundaries are basically lines that we draw of like, here is where it stops or here is where, it, mm-hmm. you know, right beyond this, I cannot let you go or beyond this. I can't let you go in this, in this way, et cetera. Sure. Yeah. So those are boundaries. Now, remind me where I was going with this. You pause me about. So you were talking about in terms oh, of like what questions we yes. should ask ourselves. So do yeah. you struggle to set boundaries when necessary? And I say when necessary because sometimes people are afraid they're permissive. I used to be very afraid that I was permissive because I would see all my neighbors, let's say, setting boundaries around what their children like. No, I bought this outfit, so you need to wear it. And like, if you didn't do that, you were considered permissive. Newsflash, that is uh-huh. not permissive. That is <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So sometimes because we were, some of us were raised with such authoritarianism, sometimes we confuse what's a necessary boundary and what isn't. Authoritarian parents mm-hmm. overstep their, their role and will set boundaries when it is not necessary. So they'll tell a child, you can't wear this when really it's just a matter of the parent's fashion sense. Now, again, when it comes right, to parents' right. values, that's a different story, okay? But we're talking about, let's mm-hmm. say the parent just is like, I don't like that style, or it's mismatching, and you're going to embarrass me. So that's already we're stepping into territory where it may not be completely necessary. So do you? Yeah. So the question is not, do you struggle to set boundaries when you don't think it makes sense? If you don't think it makes sense, I'm so happy you're listening to yourself. I'm so happy you're questioning right. that. Because just because your neighbor does it, or because everybody around you is saying, oh, you should do that, doesn't necessarily mean that you should. It has to make sense to right. you. But if if it makes sense to you, and you believe that it's necessary, but you still struggle to set those boundaries, I would probably guess that maybe you are permissive sometimes. Uh-huh. Not all the time, uh-huh. right? So that, that now, right. on, the other's ha- on the other hand, if you struggle with empathy, if you struggle with seeing your child's perspective, if you struggle to put yourself in, in their shoes and to understand like, hmm, maybe they're having a hard time. If you take what their their behaviors personally and react very strongly to them, then maybe you might struggle sometimes with being authoritarian, which all of us do sometimes, yeah. by the way, if you notice, because everything you just said sure. now, some of us, sometimes I struggle even to set a boundary that's necessary. And I also sometimes right. struggle with having empathy. So that's why I wanted to say, like, we all do all of these some of the time. It's more about how often do you do this? Do you do this most of the time? Are most of your interactions with your children lacking empathy? lacking understanding, mm-hmm. lacking consideration for the child, then maybe you, you know. And and you're saying it can't be like a combination of the two, meaning I, if a parent, let's say, lacks the empathy, but is also very permissive. It could be. Right? I mean, like, it, as you're saying, it could, there, it could have overlap. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, most permissive parents uh, eventually become authoritarian. It's actually a pattern. So imagine a parent like uh-huh. this doesn't, uh-huh. yeah, a parent struggles to set boundaries, okay? They believe it's necessary, but they really struggle because, there could be so many reasons why they struggle. They feel like it's mean to their child or they they, they um, have a hard time with their child's emotions. Um, they're worried that it will hurt their child, et cetera. They want their child to like them. Let's do any of those. So they struggle to set the boundary. So they don't, okay? So let's say the child really needs to go to sleep, but they don't insist that the child goes to sleep. Let's say. Then the child doesn't, the parent becomes so resentful because the child is still up and the mm-hmm. child, the parent has no idea. Right. Like, right? So they get resentful and the resentment builds and the resentment, until finally the parent says, go to sleep and I don't care if you want anything right now. Right? The parent is like, they, they're at their limit. And so they, they right. have no capacity to care for their child or their emotions in that moment. And then they, that's authoritarian. 
there's no support and it's just like they're I'm the boss and just listen to me right now. Most permissive right. parents will do that. And then a day later, because they feel so terrible that they did that, they go right back to being permissive. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. really it's a wow. combination. Really, we do a lot, a lot, a lot of these like together. Um, but yeah, sure. so, so of course it's possible that we do both. Yeah. Got it. Wow. Very interesting. Any, any, any other things that a parent should do, I guess, to try to figure out what type of style they're in or that's, that's, you know, that basically. For, for me, that's like the best way to, to kind of be like, if I struggle with boundaries, it usually means that maybe I struggle with permissiveness. If I struggle with empathy or with understanding or consideration, then maybe I struggle with, you know, now again, there's so many other parts to it and moving parts, but those are like the, the, the two that really, really stand out. It's, if you think about it, it's, um, I don't know. Do you know the spheros? Like chesed gvura? Sorry, boundaries yeah. is gvura, right? It's the boundaries. It's like the strength, right? And then the chesed is the empathy, the understanding. And so I believe that both are needed. And most of us lean more towards one than the other. So yeah, for a more chesed person, we probably maybe struggle with permissiveness. And where for a more gvura person, we might struggle a little bit with being authoritarian. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Do you think that it's important for both spouses to have the same parenting style or... Honestly, I think that that idea, and I'm I'm really actually planning on making a course on it because I think it's such a detrimental notion that is being propagated, promulgated, however you say that. <laughs> anyway, the the it's it really because how can two people have the exact same style? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Because no two people are alike. I mean, if, if well, yeah, but if there's only four styles, then chances it, it's possible for them to have the same style. No, oh, I mean, you're saying in the broad, like in the, oh, you're talking about, yeah, oh, oh you're saying like in the nitty gritty, right? Because even okay, though, oh, right, yeah, right, right, even right, though right. okay, even though in a broad way we might both be authoritative, my husband and I still totally don't have the same style. Okay. Now the right. Okay, so you're saying even in like the big in the grand scheme, like sure. oh, okay. So here's the thing. Even in that sense, I'm, I really struggle with the idea where we say a par- parents should have the same style because let's say I say that. Okay. Now what happens? Now what happens? So now there are two parents who have told one is permissive and one is authoritative. Okay. So now what do we do? So is the authoritative tr- parent going to try to change the permissive parent? Is the permissive parent going to try to change the authoritative? Like who, what's happening? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's right. going on? That doesn't sound healthy. Not exactly. So that to me is like, I don't understand what that means. I, I, I always think that when we say that, what ends up happening is that one parent ends up trying to change the other or one parent mm-hmm. just it, um, gives up on what they really stand for. Meaning some parents mm-hmm. will even reach out to me and say, I really want to be authoritative or harmonious, right? I want to be what you talk about, right. respectful, but my spouse isn't. So like, can I be? And sometimes they, they don't give themselves the permission to because, oh, I need to be the same style as my spouse. Because she's authoritarian. Sure, sure. And, or, or vice versa. I'm just saying female, males. It could be both ways. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad to me. It's like, so a parent will give up what really they value and like what is in their integrity and what they really believe is best for their child because my spouse doesn't parent that way. And so we have to be on the same page. It I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, so then how, like, how do they... Right. How does that work? So this is what, this is my belief. Okay. Because I believe that. And because we talk about us, people say, well, because it needs to be a united front. Like it would be terrible for children to see that. So here's what I think is terrible for children to see. I think that, yes, if a parent, parents argue in front of one another about the style, let's say the father goes ahead and starts, you know, uh, punishing the child. And then the mother says, no, don't punish him. What are you doing? Right. And says that for the child, right, right. which by the way, I have done that. And so if any of you are listening and you did that, like, don't worry, we all make 
mistakes. <laughs> but I'm saying, obviously, that is not ideal for a child to witness a parent constantly fighting about which style should we do? Should we parent this child with or trying to control each other's style, really? So I, I don't think they have to um, see that both parents are parenting the exact same way. It's more that they support each other and don't undermine one another in front uh, of them, at least. Right. So right, there, right, there right. are things that I, my husband and I do not agree with. Like he believes, let's say something's really important. I don't, we don't see eye to eye on it, but I will support him in his, like, he, it's really important to him and he really believes. And so I will say, I respect that. And I will support you in doing that. And what that means is that I don't lie to my children. I don't pretend that this is something that's important to me too. I will, I am honest with them. I'll say, this is really important to Tati. And so therefore I am supporting him in this and they'll say, but you don't care about right. it. You don't care about this because they know me, you know, they know what I right. care about. and I'll say, you're right. But Matati and I made the decision to, that we are going to support one another. And I support him in this. That's what children need. Mm. They need right. That's a strong message. Exactly. So they need a united front that our relationship is more important. It comes first and that we support one another regardless, even if we see it differently. I actually think it's beautiful for my children to see that. Like that's an example for how to navigate relationships you know? Right, right. Yeah. So like that, so, so to me, that's my, and again, who am I? I'm just myself, <laughs> but that's really from my own journey with my own parenting. This is the conclusion that my husband and I came to that this is the way that both people can maintain their integrity, can parent in a way that aligns with their own values while also really being a united front in the sense that they really support one another and have that, you know, respect for one another, um, for the show, like, so that their relationship is the most important thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm curious. And when I first asked you the question, yeah. your first reaction was, well, you know, it's impossible because like me and my husband might both be even authoritative or authoritarian, whatever you want, you know, but we still have different styles. What did you mean by that? What did you mean by that? The different styles with it, meaning, cause that wasn't really within these categories that we're talking about. Right. Right. So even within a certain style, meaning my husband and I both agree with the authoritative model. Okay. We both are, our values sure. align with that. We, we have the same perspective, but when it comes down to, you know, everyday moments, sometimes we might disagree about what is best for our children or how to navigate something, you know, just because you have more or less the same style, which again, I just want to say, I have so much compassion for parents who have a really different style where like one is authoritarian and the other one is, you know, authoritative. That's a huge difference. And that that's, it's very painful. I'm sure for a parent to witness Sure. Yeah. An authoritative parent to witness an authoritarian parent can, is very painful. It's like, why are you doing that to the children? You know? And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't have conversations about that. I think you can have conversations about that with a therapist or, you know, with, a, I would really recommend that. Um, or if you don't want to within yourselves, but not that you're fighting in front of the kids about how to do it. You understand? Anyway. Right. right so I have right. a lot of compassion for that, but even within the same style, we all have different ways of navigating specific situations or different beliefs about what we think is best for our children. You know, sure. yeah. And what is that? What like what is the what, like meaning? If that does that, if that doesn't fall under parenting styles, like what is that exactly? What would you? Yeah, I guess that's like the uniqueness of each human. You know, at the end of mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like um, even though there are certain parenting styles that, like I said, ha, are ha, are predictors for wonderful things like children who have uh, emotional health and responsibility and contributing humans to society, etc. Even though there are certain styles that predict that. I totally lost my train of thought. What was I gonna In terms of, oh, well, it's you. No, no, no. Remind me what I was saying. What was I talking about? 
You're saying that even, even though that individual is like, basically you're saying the personality of the, of the individual. Right. Oh, right, right. Exactly. So even though like certain predictors are like, okay, so then we might do that, use that parenting style to parent our children. They're still within, within like that broad term of like, okay, let's give a child a high level of support and also boundaries. They're still the nuances of, is this boundary really necessary or is this boundary not? Ah, interesting. Right? Oh, and okay. then what I wanted to say is that it comes down to each individual's own sense, meaning like there's no, oh, that's what I was trying to say. There's no like wrong or right. This is the thing. So many parents reach out to me and they'll say, is this the right thing to do? Is this the wrong thing? Uh-huh. And parents, when they come to me and ask me what boundaries to set, I have a rule. I don't tell parents what's an important boundary or not, unless it's safety. Then it's like obvious. Yes, this is mm-hmm. a very important. When it comes, most of it's very much in the gray area. I don't know. I don't know if this is important right. or if this is necessary. That's for every parent has to decide themselves. And a lot of it comes down to our own way of seeing the world. And do you understand what I'm saying? It comes down to our own personality. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right, right, right. Wow. Okay. So, so far we've covered more, I guess, like of the basics of parenting styles. To get into a, in a, into a slightly more practical, you know, so what, I guess we've spoken a little bit about, about what they look like in practice, but is it possible for, you know, as you said before, like they're not singular, you can, you can change, you, they, they ebb and flow and whatever. Can someone actively go and change their parenting style? Is that possible for a parent to do? Absolutely. With a lot of work. What does that work look like? Okay. Meaning as like a parent coach, like what would yeah. you, how would you help someone? I have to say that even myself, I mean, I was probably, I really was a real mashup between permissive and authoritarian that was trying to be authoritative, but didn't know what in the world I was doing. So, um, yeah, I, I, so I personally changed my parenting style. I definitely didn't parent the way I do now all the time. All, I didn't used to, I used to threaten my children all the time. It was my favorite thing. To right. I feel like you spoke, yeah, in, you know, like you said, like in the last time we spoke about like the idea of how you were raised in a, such a different way and you were like, I want, I, this is, it's not, I wasn't spoken to the way that I wanted to have been spoken to or that, I, that would have been best for me. Correct. And therefore you like did the research. And- yeah. I was trying to do it before I did the research, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I start, sort of just kept jumping right. between permissive and authoritarian more or less. Um, and so, and I mm-hmm. changed it, my parenting style. And I worked with so many parents who have changed their style. What I mean by a lot of work is that it's every single day, really persisting and doing it, you know, um, this is a little bit more personal, but I have, I have a sister who is, she lived in my house while I was learning about all these things and I was incorporating it. So uh, wow. she sort of, she really watched the journey unfold with me. And she, yeah, she like, she lived the course. She didn't just like take the course. She really like lived <laughs> exactly. it. <laughs> like she really actively saw me shifting things. And, um, she told me, just a few days ago that she is wanting now to change certain things in her life and the way she does things. And so many times she feels like giving giving up and she thinks like, Oh, like I'm never going to get there. And then she, Mm -hmm. and then she said, I think of you. And I remember what you used to be like. And I remember that it was so like tiny, the changes that you made, they were barely noticeable, but over time you, you did it. Like you were able to really shift things. Um, and I just thought it was so incredible. I was like, wow, I can't believe that that was in, like, that's an inspiration for you. She's like, it is because that's the only way change happens. And it's so right, easy to right. give up. Cause you're like, Oh, literally like I'm doing this tiny thing. What is that in the big, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but that's the only way change happens. Change only happens in right, teeny, right. tiny, tiny steps. But over time you look back like six years and you're like, Whoa, I'm a different parent. Right. So like, take, take us through that journey a little bit. I mean, like, like, I guess, get us through the lens of your sister's eyes. Yeah. You know, going from someone who was raised by 
authoritarian parents and was being an authoritarian parent and really wanted to shift to go towards being more authoritative. How did, what are some of those steps that you went through? Yeah. So first I want to say is that it's so much of it, so much of it is consistently and constantly exposing yourself to new ideas. Meaning like some people say, oh, I'm going to take a course, like my course, let's say, and I'm going to change it. it. That I I really, I don't believe taking a course one time has ever, has ever changed anyone's parenting. Um, because sure. you have to realize that the authoritarian way of parenting is also a mindset. It's a lens through which you view your child's behavior, your role as a parent. There's a lot of thinking of like, my child can't get away with that. Or my child needs to know I'm the boss. And a lot of like, fear of the child and I need to be the authority and my child's giving me a hard time. Like a lot of, without realizing we have these like conditioning, right? Especially if we were raised by authoritarian parents, we have a lot, I had a lot of this conditioning in my brain without even realizing, like I had just downloaded it, you know, without, without, without my permission. So yeah, so I, (laughs) but that's what happens. And then, so I just had these beliefs and I would see my child's behavior through that lens. So, so much of it is really shifting the way we see it. So much of it is about a paradigm shift about like, we don't Hmm. see it the same way anymore. And so that, but changing beliefs, like ingrained conditioning takes time. Yeah, that's like so hard. It takes a lot of exposure. The more and more you're exposed to somebody who says it differently or thinks differently around it, you're like, it, 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 it slowly seeps in. That's how I really, I believe that most of my parenting changed because I read book after book after book and lecture after lecture. I kept, um, really, uh, what's the word called? Like entirely surrounding myself with this information. Right. I like, and I followed. You were totally consumed. consumed by that's, that's the word. Totally. Exactly. So a lot of it is that because so much of it is really about the paradigm, about the way we see it. This is why I share posts every day. I really believe that I was going to say someone who is really looking to do this just needs to read your posts every day and get into that mindset. Cause it's really yeah. like each of your posts are just a shift in the mindset. It's like, Oh wow. I, I didn't see it that way. It's, that's, you know, I didn't see that, that that's how my child is feeling or that's how I'm affecting my child. Or, you exactly. Know. That's totally. what my aim, my goal is. I try to do my posts. So parents who've never taken my course or parents who have already, people tell me, even though they took my course, that it's a constant, they need to constantly remember this and see it this way. So a lot of it is about, mm-hmm. is about that. So it's taking like tiny, tiny, tiny actionable steps, like, but tiny, mm-hmm. like maybe, maybe you're the kind of parent who every single time your child reacts with emotion to a boundary that you set, you fly off the handle on them. Let's say you're like, you know, stop making a big deal. Stop crying. It's fine. You know, let's say you're that kind of parent. Maybe you're not, maybe you're permissive and you, you know, be like, oh, fine, fine, fine. You can have whatever you want, but whatever it is, whatever your challenge is, then a tiny step would maybe be like once a one time this whole week, not every day, because that's too much already. One time this whole week, one time when my child is upset about something, I will refrain from reacting start with that, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. So start with it. Then we'll, because going to empathy is like, that's way too many steps ahead, right? Having compassion for what your child is going through when you're feeling reactive, that's way too many steps ahead. Let's let's help the parent just like slow down their reaction and be there for themselves. So like that, you take like one tiny step and then you really every single day and you don't um, give up when you like the whole week passes by and you haven't even done it once. Because guess what? All of us mm. have been there. Um, you know, right, yeah. right. meaning like I so many times had great intentions. It didn't, uh, and it didn't end up um, doing anything. Like it didn't end up, what's the word? 
whatever it is. It never ended up panning out that like coming into exactly, fruition, that right. the thing I wanted to do, I did. And so I, I sometimes wanted to give up. I was like, forget it. I, I'm, I keep having these good intentions. It doesn't, but the thing is that don't give up. Cause like, that's how growth is. It's very not linear. Sure. It's like one step forward, two steps forward, one step back, you know? And, and really, if you stick with it and do very tiny, tiny things, like I said, and just keep exposing yourself. Cause I think so much of it is about the mindset. Like I said, you know, mm. for me, um, yeah, I think that's where the biggest changes happened were in my own, were in my own mind, were in my own head, you know, cause you can tell a parent all day, like, oh, be there for your child's emotions or whatever. But if every single time their child is an emotion, they have thoughts like my child is trying to manipulate me. They're trying right? to, right. It's, it's very hard to, to, to have compassion or to, but if that mindset of like my child's trying to manipulate me switches into, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and my child is just trying to ha- get their needs met in the best way they know how, whoa huge difference if i see it that way you see naturally i have much more compassion and empathy right right i love also how you put it of when like when someone's in a state of being a reactive parent it's almost impossible to expect them to be also at the same time empathic or compassionate it's just like those are two like you know they they don't go so i love how you like put that because that's such like a you know someone as people parents have to be self-aware i am in a state right now where i'm totally reactive and therefore I'm not going to be able to be that, or I'm totally the opposite. And therefore maybe I'm not putting in the natural, you know, boundaries that I should be. Exactly. So that, I love exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I really think self-awareness is so important here and a lot of self-compassion. Yeah. Like if, exactly. If I'm reactive, I can't, I can't be there for my child. I can't. Yeah. Right, all my energy. Right. Is on so me. I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm curious what instance warrants changing one's parenting mm-hmm. style, meaning it, you like your your child might not be loving it, but does that mean that necessarily mm-hmm. that that means that you have to change your parenting style, or that your parent style is wrong, or maybe it's just like parenting that that you know this. I know it's like a, this might sound a little harsh, but like maybe the child needs to adjust to it. Like meaning, at what point does a, a parent say? And I know that that's not mm-hmm. you know I know no, I'm, I love I'm, I'm saying yeah. it's purposely on purpose. You know, yeah. to, at what point does a parent say? You know, okay, this is not working. Like, let's let's pause game. Like, well, let's, let's figure yeah. it out. At what point? Yeah. I love that question. I really love that because I think sometimes parents do think that it's like, no, my child needs to shift now. Like I've done the thing. Right. This is how I parent. They need to change. Right. So for me really, and everything I've read and from everything that I understand to me, the way we measure it is with the strength of the relationship that we have with our child. I don't care mm-hmm. whose fault it is. If it's a child who is constantly complaining and constantly upset, or if a child is a negative outlook or whatever it is, if the child, if the relationship that you have with your child is fraught with tension or a lot of disconnection, mm-hmm. the ch- you don't feel close to the child. The child doesn't feel close to you both ways, by the way, matter. I want to know how you feel towards your child too. That matters a lot because your child feels that whether you, right, they, right. whether it's ever spoken out loud. So if the relationship, if there's a lack of trust, a lack of emotional connection, then that to me is a signal. Something needs to shift here. Something mm-hmm. needs, to, we need to explore. Something needs to go on here. Something needs to change. But not that meaning, because there is going to sometimes be that tension, right? Like meaning naturally. Uh, so yeah, you're talking about, in not, the, yeah. you're saying a majority of the yeah. time, if, if that's just the general overall feeling. Absolutely. I'm talking about overall. Of course. Are there moments when my child is so mad at me and so upset at me and I'm there's <laughs> friction because I just said that she can't do something that she wants to do? Absolutely. But that's very uh, temporary. It's right now, this situation, right. and I'm there for her and I have empathy for her. And then she, move, she moves past it and then we're back to where we were. And also, there's also moments where I might lash out or I might do something that wasn't okay. 
and I might, which does cause, cause disconnection. I can repair that too. We're not talking about that. Sure. Yeah. I'm talking about overall, exactly. Overall, what's the sense that you get, um, uh, with your child and your child gets with you. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, once, once you realize it's not working with the child, mm-hmm. let's say you realize it's not just that it's not working with the child, but that your child really, I guess, either connects more or aligns more with your spouse's parenting mm. style. So where, you know, where do you go with that? Meaning how do you maintain a positive or, uh, you know, an ideal relationship with your child, despite the fact that really your parenting style is not necessarily what they connect to. It's not necessarily meaning that there's necessarily an issue with your parents. It's not just not what works best for that child. Mm. Meaning each, each child might need a different parent style. So maybe, you know, one child in the family loves your parents now and the second child really loves your spouse's parents. Mm. How, how do we, how do we deal with that best? Yeah. So I think that, okay. First of all, if, if you have a, a good relationship with that child, but they, they really love your spouse's parenting style more than yours. Um, there's two ways you can, you can approach this. It's first that that's fine. Like they, they might prefer one style over the other and you can just be okay with that and be like, well, our relationship is, uh-huh. our relationship is sturdy. Our relationship is okay. There's trust, there's connection. We're good. You're saying it's possible to have that ideal relationship, even though the parenting style is just not, not really. I don't know, think it's matching. Uh, up. Well, I don't think it's as ideal as it could be. That's where my second point where I was going to going with is that right. okay. what you can also do. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's totally fine. What you can also do is recognize, like, okay, if they if they like my parent, husband's parenting style, my spouse. For in my case, it would be a husband, right? Um, a parenting style more than than what is it that my spouse does that my child really likes and. Maybe I want to incorporate that into my style, right? And by the way, sometimes yeah. parents will say like, I don't even agree with my spouse's style, but my child likes it more because of course they're, they, they're let's say the spouse was permissive. Of course they want to get what they want, everything they want. So of course they're going to go to my spouse. And the thing is like this, is that actually I know a lot of parents where one parent is permissive, the other one's authoritative and the children don't prefer the per- permissive parent. They actually author- per- prefer the authoritative parent because they feel cared for. They feel like the parent is actually going to say, no, I'm, I won't let you do that. And they, they experience uh-huh. that the parent is very respectful. So they, they appreciate that. So I don't really believe that a parent, every child will go for sure for the permissive parent, unless of course the other parent, maybe, maybe the only way time they receive understanding or, or whatever it is, is from the other parent. But Having said that, my point is, even if the other parent is permissive, and that's why the children are gravitating towards that parent's style, then there's something there for you to learn from. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, if my children prefer my my husband's style with certain things, then I ask myself, like, what is it about that he's doing that they really prefer more? And I really do try to incorporate that because, like I said, even though my relationship might be working with them, I would want it to be even more ideal. I'm always looking to grow my relationship with them. So I would mm-hmm. want to incorporate that. Sure. And, and there's no concern here that children are, you know, not as developed and are, are immature and therefore don't necessarily know, meaning they might know, they might think they know what's best for them, right? Like sometimes a child will think that I really want candy and that, that I think that's what's great for me. I really want to eat a lot of that, but the, you know, and then they, that's, you know, we, as parents know, we have to set those healthy boundaries. So is there any sense here that, you know, a, uh, a child more, might, might be, more appreciative of let's say either the permissive or even though you know the one that's setting down those boundaries but they don't really yet know really what's really best and therefore as parents either we we should, shouldn't necessarily you know so quickly change or, or maybe we should mm-hmm. you know, i mean well, i'm that's what I'm, I'm asking how is it that it's 
that is being driven by the, by the child. If a child is not even the, you know, not necessarily at that stage to be able to make such yeah, big decisions. That's, actually, that's a really good question. So here, here's where I make the, the, like the, the differentiation. Okay. Is if let's say a child loves a parent who constantly gives them candy, right? The host like, sure, you can have it, you can have it, right? And you're like, the child, obviously they like that better because they want candy and not because they don't know, understand that having too much candy is not good for their teeth, for their health, or whatever it is, right? But the thing is that they're, okay, what I, I, I actually put it like this. I say children know themselves best. They're the only people who can tell you what they're experiencing. We don't know their experience better mm-hmm. than they do, Okay. So your children know themselves best. They know how they feel. They know what's in their body. They know themselves best. We know the world best. We know the implications of things, the consequences of things. We understand how things can manifest and what can happen. We understand that much better than our children because we have more, of course, when they're younger, especially because we understand much more about the world because we've been here longer and we've learned the rules of the game, right? So we understand the world better. I like to say our children understand themselves better. So when my child, let's say, likes a parent better who, because the parent says, oh, sure, you can have as much candy as you want. I'm not going to take that to mean that like, oh, my child knows, uh, understands the world. And so I have to follow whatever it is that they're saying. But, right. but what I am tuning into is my child knows themselves best. So there's something about that that my child really, really likes. Now, is it the fact that um, that just like they, they, from that parent, they receive what they enjoy, or is it that they feel more considered by that parent, or is it that they feel like the parent gives them more choice or more freedom, right? And then I ask mm-hmm. myself, is there a way to incorporate those things into my parenting? Not that I'm just going to be, oh yeah, you can also have candy whenever you want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Well, I, to put it this way, it's really not- right. You're saying it's not about the candy; it's about the what's what's really happening in the inner side of the child that's really driving this. So, like, if for them it's the freedom. Yeah. So then where are ways that I can give them the freedom that doesn't necessarily involve candy, mm-hmm. but give them freedom. In, That's what, is that right? Am I understanding? Exactly. What I would, the way I would say it best is that what needs of my child is it meeting? What mm-hmm. see, they, they want the candy. I'm not looking for wants. What needs of my child is, it, is my spouse meeting that I maybe I'm not meeting as well, as well as uh, my spouse's. Uh-huh. Now it could be that it's not the case, Got but it. I would, I would ask myself if that's maybe the case. Got it. And, and it's, and you would say that in general, there is some sort of need that's deeper, even though, even if we're dealing with children who are really young, who are like, I just want candy, but you're saying there's, there's something more to it usually. So my personal belief is that every single behavior is driven by a need. This is, mm-hmm. I, I didn't make this up. It's from uh, Dr. Uh, Marshall Rosenberg is the one who, he didn't actually come up with it, but he's the one who really, you know, made it very like well-known. So every single behavior, adult, child alike is driven by a need. Now, when we say, yeah, yeah. so it's really the driving force behind everything we do. Um, and so, but needs can be anything. It's needs, autonomy, choice, freedom, connection, you know, attention, comfort, stimulation. So candy could be the need for just stimulation. You know, candy, they call it play food because it's actually play. <laughs> so it's stimulating. Right, it's like right. exciting. There's also, it's so, there's so many needs that it could be meeting. So, but the question is, is if it's meeting a need that we're not meeting as well as that parent is, we can ask ourselves that. So yes, I do believe even behind yeah. a child's need for a uh, want for candy is there is a need driving it. There could be a few needs driving it. Um, right. You know, right, right, right. yeah. It. I'm curious, something that we didn't really touch on is how does, how does this, you know, this idea of parenting styles interact with different ages? Meaning mm-hmm. are there specific ages that one type of parenting style is 
best for or makes more sense mm. for versus, you know, like meaning teens, teens, you know, want their autonomy a little mm-hmm. more. Younger children need, need a little more guidance. So is there, does the parenting style maybe shift at a certain point or is that not, is that not a thing? Yeah. So I believe that if you start out as an authoritarian parent, then yes, many times they talk about teenagers and they say, oh, well, your teenagers, just wait for it. Wait for when teens come, you're going to have to shift everything around <laughs> or, you know, because until then it's like, I was the boss. I had a say. And then the teenager wakes up and says, well, I'm a person too. And so I also have a say, right. But with authoritative, or I don't really like to call it that, but harmonious parents, whatever you want to call it, um, we, 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 even though the child has been very young and hasn't really taken up, um, you know, space or really asserted their autonomy in a way that a teenager would, we still really, really respect their autonomy and really look to give them room. So the way I would say is that a child has a need for autonomy all throughout their life from when they're tiny until Mm -hmm. it doesn't change. However, like, and I like the way you said it, they need more guidance. I would say when they're, see, this is how I see it. Our job is to create boundaries and our children's job is to choose within those boundaries. Uh-huh. We always give our children choices within boundaries. Yeah. So like, these are my boundaries. This is what I'm, and then within that, you can choose how you want to do it, or we can make, I can help you figure out your choice. And so. Why, why is that important? Because it's always really important to give children autonomy and choice. It's a need. Uh, autonomy. You're saying just be, to give them the, to empower them. Yeah. Saying. Or to just meet their need as a human being. It's very, uh-huh. it's a, it's a really, uh, it's, first of all, it's not healthy for children, but it's also a really horrible feeling not to have autonomy or choice. You know, children really, really, yeah. Sure. Um, like I said, it can, it can mutate in two different ways. If a child's not given choice or freedom from a young age, either they're going to silence their own voice and their own needs because, or they're going to rebel and they're going to be like the defiant child who like everybody is mad at all the time, you know, because uh, that's mm. usually what happens with when we don't give them autonomy. Mm. So we right. really want to give them from a very young age. The only thing that shifts as they get older is that our boundaries are much more, um, we, we might not have certain boundaries anymore or we, or sure. not that we don't really have those boundaries is that we trust that our child can set those for themselves. Mm-mm. Got, it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have any final, final message on, on this topic of parenting? Yeah. Sex? Oh my. Um, <laughs> I know there's like a lot yeah, you can say well, here. Well, here's what I'm thinking is that I, I found that when I used to come across parenting, these styles sometimes when I was like, you know, starting out learning about parenting, um, I used to feel a lot of guilt or shame when I used to see myself in like a certain style, like, oh my gosh, I'm a permissive parent. Oh my goodness, I'm an authoritarian parent because it says this terrible things about them. And, you know, and I was like, I, I was flooded with shame. And so I'm, I'm, really wanting to send a message to any parent listening to this. And when I shared either of those styles, or if I shared what those look like or what the outcomes are, right. Which is again, not a a, a guarantee. It's just a predictor um, that I really want to, you not to go down this whole path of like shame and get like, we all do all of them. Like I said, and even if we do it most of the time and that's our style, you can always shift things and there's so much hope and there's so much room for change. I've worked with parents of teenagers, like sometimes people think, oh, it's too late. It is your relationship with your child. It's never too late for your relationship. You can always work on it. You can always focus on it. And um, yeah, and you haven't like, it, it's not too late and you're okay. And um, I want you to have a lot of compassion for yourself because you did the best you could with whatever you knew. And you can always shift things. You can always change things. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much this was uh super informative super practical you know we had we had had it all we had the basics we had the practical we had some intervention this is 
Amazing, amazing, amazing. As always, Blimey, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time and giving us just, you know, the ability to, to pick your brain, which is amazing on parenting. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. I really appreciated the questions and I appreciated the opportunity to share this with everyone. So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Jews Next Door. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. I'd love to hear your takeaways. Reach out to us. Reach out to me at yair at jenoff.org. Hi at jenoff.org. You can check us out on the website. You could leave a question there. We'd love to be in touch. Please be in touch. Check us out on Instagram at Parenting the Jews Next Door. Hit me up on Twitter at Yair Manchel. And we got, we're on TikTok now too. We have some great content, a lot of really great insights into parenting, tips, parenting pointers, reaction videos, and quotes. We have a lot going on. We have a lot of articles. You want to check it out. Check it out at jenoff.org. You won't be sorry you did. And I look forward to hearing from you. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Looking forward to another great episode next week.